Recorded live in beautiful downtown Las Vegas, this is the AWS Podcast. Welcome aboard, everyone. Simon Leisure here. Obviously in Las Vegas, pre-reinvent, just flew in today. It is Saturday US time. It's Sunday Australian time. I don't know what's going on. I'm jet lagged. I've been awake for more than 20 hours. It can't end well. Um, recording this from the hotel, so apologies if the sound quality isn't sensational. Um, doing the best I can with what we've got. But hopefully, uh, it'll be worth listening to. And what I wanted to do is to basically highlight some updates we've had recently that I think are really worth taking a look at. There's been so much going on in AWS land of late um, that just keeping across all that can sometimes be a beautiful challenge to have. So many new toys to play with and cool things to do. So I want to kind of highlight a number of them before the reInvent rush. Um also, whilst I'm at reInvent, I hope to uh, share some of the color and some of the announcements and some of the other things that take place um, throughout the week. So I'll be posting hopefully a little more frequently. Just depends on time and production time and all that good stuff. But um, I'll do what I can. And, you know, if there's specific stuff you guys want to hear, um, let me know because I'll, I'll be watching the emails coming in as we go. So let me talk about some things that have been happening in AWS land. One of the really cool things is around the application load balancer. So you remember a few months back, we launched the application load balancer, which is a, uh, a um, new addition to the load balancing family. Uh, and what we've done is added in some new CloudWatch metrics and also some request tracing. So I want to talk about the uh, metrics first. What has changed is that we now have percentile support. Now, Percentile support, and this applies both to ELB Classic and Application Load Balancer, so I'll just highlight that. Um, percentile support is a different way of viewing your data. So many people are used to looking at um, you know, mean, median, and mode, and averages, and that sort of stuff, and they're useful, but what we typically find in large-scale environments and meaningful environments is where you want to focus your attention of is what's happening at the higher percentiles of performance. So we often talk at Amazon around the P99 mark. So what's happening at the 99th percentile of customer experience? And that's where you will see uh, any inefficiencies you may have, any performance issues that are taking place. And it's a good point to understand what the uh, general worst case scenario is that your customers are seeing and use that as your benchmark. Because if that's your 99th percentile, anything before that is probably looking pretty good. So now it's very easy to gather view and control those as much as you want. You can also use you know, P50, P90, P99. You can choose the statistic that you want to measure, but it's really a good way to monitor things. And I highly recommend you look at it because it really makes it easier to see what's going on. Speaking of seeing what's going on, we now have integrated request tracing with the ALBs. Now, this is a new custom header, a new HTTP header called X Amazon Trace ID, although the Amazon is AMZN. Um, and so the X Amazon Trace ID is a header that you'll see for incoming requests. If it's absent, so your application hasn't populated that, the ALB will generate one for you. And uh, I'll send the link in the show notes so you can see how it's generated. What this lets you do is trace at a very granular level what's happening with particular requests that are happening through the ALB. This is really useful for, for performance management and understanding uh, performance implications of different calls, etc. So you can see how now you can get a better view of what's going on in your load balancing world, and you can dive more deeply into those load balancers. Now, another service that is hugely popular, and the more customers use this service, the more excited I see them getting about it, which is really gratifying when, when you see a service being adopted like this. I'm, of course, talking about Amazon Aurora. This is our 
database that allows you to scale really, really large, really, really effectively at very low cost. Now, obviously, Amazon Aurora is great to scale up and go big. But one of the things that um, customers have asked us for is the ability to also support dev and test workloads more economically. So now the T2 medium, so it's the DB T2 medium instance class is now supported, which is two vCPUs and four gigabytes of RAM. This allows you to essentially run your dev and test workloads really effectively on a, on a much smaller scale and also does suit some less demanding production workloads as well. So you can see what's going on in that environment really easily. So this is available now in all regions where Amazon Aurora is already available. So it gives you a really nice way to step into Aurora. Have a play with it, really cool. I've seen a lot of DBAs who have had a look at it and gone, wow, this is this is really different. This is adding a lot of value that wasn't there before. Now a small and, well, it's probably unkind to say small. <laughs> a very technical change, but one that I know will be useful to a lot of listeners is that Route 53 now has a self-service tool to let you associate Amazon VPCs and private hosted zones that are created with different AWS accounts. Now I'll let that settle in for a minute. So many customers will create multiple accounts for different reasons. It could be they want to divide up their workloads differently. They want to have um, uh, different security requirements, etc. cetera. Um, really many, many reasons why you could do that, but they may want to run their private DNS within one of the particular VPCs. So now what you can do is you can control this yourself and you can interconnect different VPCs in different accounts back to that private DNS. So this manage, allows you to manage a sort of an authoritative DNS really, really easily. So small change, as I mentioned, and again, I'm sure technically it wasn't that easy. It's very easy for me to say that, but you know, the announcement was small, but I think it has real significance for those of you who are leveraging Route 53 heavily in your environment. Another one that is really a great example of, of customers asking for something and the team being able to deliver is around SQL Server. So now we offer in the EC2 family SQL Server Enterprise Edition. And this is available in US West, North California, South America, Sao Paulo, Asia Pacific, Sydney, Asia Pacific, Pacific, Seoul, Mumbai, Singapore, Tokyo, EU Frankfurt, and AWS GovClouds. And you can use this on any instance type running with a minimum of four vCPUs. So this is things like the M4, X1, R3, etc. So you can now launch SQL Server Enterprise on demand on Windows Server 2012 R2 and Windows 2016 operating systems. And reserved instance pricing will also be coming soon. Now, this is really useful for customers because they have often wanted to um, to use Enterprise Edition for particular features that it may be available uh, only in that edition. Now you can do it, which is pretty cool. Uh, also, on as part of the announcement, we reduced the pricing for R3 instance types running the SQL Server Enterprise by up to 25% in US East, North Virginia, US East, Ohio, and US West, Oregon, and also in EU Ireland as well. So lots of changes there, which is pretty cool. Another really significant change is in the world of S3 and Glacier. Now, firstly, there were some price reductions across S3 and Glacier that will come into effect on December 1st. The beautiful thing is, again, don't have to do anything, just collect the savings. Um, Different reductions in different regions. Um, As always, we try and pass on as much as possible. So, for example, in some regions, we've got uh, uh, reductions from 23.33% to 23.64%. Um, in other regions, 16.36% to 28.13%, so a range. And there's a grid in the show notes that I'll link to that you can look at. But beyond the price reductions, we've also changed 
the Glacier Retrieval Options. Now, I'm sure most of you by now are very familiar with uh, Amazon Glacier, which is our archival component for a tiered storage architecture. So it's long-term archival, deep storage, infrequent access, that really classic use case that we see in a lot of uh, enterprise customers and just customers who are handling a lot of data that they need to keep for you know, regulatory purposes. Media and entertainment is a huge one, a um, whole bunch of users. Now, what we've done is changed the original rate-based retrieval model to an even simpler model, in my view, of three different retrieval types. And I'll walk you through each one of them. So standard retrieval is the new name for what Glacier already did. Um, it's the default. Uh, and basically, you get your data back in a matter of hours, typically three to five hours, and you play one cent per gig of retrieved data, along with 0.05 cents per hundred Sorry, per 1,000 requests. I'm very jet-lagged. It's a lot of numbers. Actually, that's 5 cents for every 1,000 requests. My mistake. That's the standard way. So that's that's the normal way that you're used to. If you're using it now, that's what you're doing, except the pricing model has changed to be more efficient. Now, the next type is expedited retrieval. And this is when you need the true while-you-wait access. You know, you want to get your data back quickly. So the retrieval will typically take between 1 and 5 minutes. That's right, I said minutes, so it's much, much faster. So if you're storing or you plan to store more than 100 terabytes of data in Glacier and you need to make infrequent but urgent requests for subsets of that data, this is a really good model for you. Now, there's a break point there where if you've got less than 100 um, terabytes, probably S3 infrequent access is better value. Um, depends on your use case. But in the expedited model, retrievals cost $0.03 cents per gig and $0.01 cent per request. Now, as I mentioned, retrieval typically takes between one and five minutes, depending on overall demand. Um, you, if you need to get this your data back very, very quickly and there's very high demand, you can also provision retrieval capacity and you get expedited retrievals very, very fast. Um, and you can read into the detail of that in the show notes. The other kind, so the third kind, is bulk retrieval. And this is really useful for very planned or non-urgent use cases. Maybe you do, as you should, good practice, check that your uh, archives are working and your process is working, so you retrieve them from time to time. So bulk retrievals typically take 5 to 12 hours, and they cost only 0.0025 cents per gig. So it's 75% less than a standard retrieval, and they cost 2.5 cents for every 1,000 requests. So yeah, bulk retrieval is a really good one where you need to retrieve a huge amount of data within a day, um, and you're kind of willing to wait. It's not a rush. You just need to have it, you know, maybe ready for the next business day, etc. So a really good improvement there. A couple of other things that you may have also noticed is the IoT console has had a significant uh, redesign and some additional capability added to it. So it's pretty fancy looking, I have to say, and very, very useful for a lot of customers. The other thing you would have seen is that the overall console experience has changed significantly. The console team is always looking at ways to present the options available to you and make it easy to find and search for. And as you can imagine, as we have more and more services available for customers, some thought has to go into that as how to best present it. So I think the team has done a great job. The look and feel is really nice. It's very snappy. It's very visually appealing. So if you see a different console coming up, it's intentional. And we hope you like it and we hope you give us feedback about it. So that's a bit of a nutshell of some of the changes and things that have been going on. Uh, not comprehensive or exhaustive because there's just too many at the moment, but uh, a little bit of a taste to lead up to what is promising to be a big week here in Vegas. So hopefully I'll uh, talk to you soon and look forward to catching up with anyone who is in Vegas. Um, I think as I mentioned in previous podcasts, I was trying to get some stickers available. I have some 
AWS podcast stickers, which I'd love to give to loyal listeners. So I will make it my mission to firstly place them around strategic locations, but also to try and keep a, a little stack in my pocket at all times if I run into you around the place. And until next time, keep on building.